So, all of time and space, everything that ever happened or ever will, where do you want to start? week's episode of the Gallifrey Broadcasting System. It's your host Jace and Sean and we are coming at you with our review of episode 4 of series 11 Arachnids in the UK and okay I see Sean looking at me now mm-hmm. and they're all wondering I, what I, the heck's going on I right now. We, I feel like we've did we did we go forward in time? I feel like on the episodes we missed something. Well this is about time travel I guess yeah. so technically we, we could be. Uh, Maybe we wanted to do this one first. Yeah. I guess. Um, so just a short explanation of what's going on, because I'm sure everyone's like, what the heck? Why did they skip an episode? It's actually a pretty simple explanation. We had a really interesting viewing of Rosa. We, we, we really didn't want to just rush that one. Yes. We, you know, we, we started the podcast back off with basically two episodes in one to get ourselves back on track. Right. And then Rosa came out. And as I'm sure you've all seen, it's everywhere right now. You look up any Doctor News or anything anywhere, it's all there. Yeah, everyone's talking about it. So we wanted to take a little bit of time to, I guess, prep a little bit more for that episode. I think we're going to go really in-depth on Mm. that particular episode, and we don't want to give our views of it quite yet. Yeah, but the wheel keeps turning. And we got another episode out. (laughs) So we figured we'd go ahead and talk about episode four. We might do short references to episode three, but just yeah, just in the context for what we're talking about for episode four. Uh, before we get into that, what's going on with you this week? How, how has the week been going for you so far? You know, I love that we're able to do this again, where we just kind of have the little segment where it's kind of like, what's going on in the daily lives of Sean and Jace? You know, and because uh, it's always something going on. Right. <laughs> so... I just uh, had the, for those that don't know, I have a I have a son on the way. It's been a long time. Actually, I don't think the last episode we had, I don't think I had a son on the way back then. So, I don't think so, no. I don't think so. So, uh, big news. I have a son due in January. Oh, that's cool. Um, I was introducing the mother to all the family and all that sort of stuff she hasn't met yet. And the she's friends. a huge Doctor she's Who. She's a huge Doctor Who fan. Yeah. You know, she sat in on a couple episodes, actually, and right. sat there quietly while she watched us mess up a lot and yeah. have to keep going back and doing things. We're actually sitting in Sean's room in his house right now, and he's got a picture on his wall. He's got tons of Doctor Who memorabilia. I need to everywhere. put that on the Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good idea. It right there on the wall. It's a really, really nice picture, uh, hand painted, mm-hmm. and it's your My future son's name in, in Gallifreyan. Gallifreyan, yeah, first, middle, and last. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And then of course you finally see all the. Since then, I well, we've gotten. We've been to a couple different conventions. Mm. I got Peter Capaldi's autograph at Dragon Con. You say we as uh, if we did that together. Well, we didn't, but you were there in spirit. And uh, <laughs> Catherine Tate, you know. So I've added to my autograph collection. I have 11 autographs now. Right. Uh, what did he, Capaldi write on oh, the yeah. thing there? Cosmic to meet you. Cosmic to meet you. Yeah, he wrote that on everybody's. But still, <laughs> you know what? I dig it. It's fine. <laughs> so, but, I mean, what about you? What do you got going on? What's, uh, how's the life of Jace? Same old, same old. I so like, had some nothing. No. <laughs> um, so everybody's been hitting me up that are super excited. The podcast is back, and it's I noticed something. that. I'm just happy that we're able to do it again. And there's obviously a huge spike in Doctor Who interest right now with the new series and with the new Doctor with new everything. Uh, so I'm just like I said, this this is the most exciting thing going on for me right now. It's it's true. Is that sad? No, that can't be sad. That has to be a great thing. Is no, that sad? we love the podcast. We love the podcast. No. 
but enough about us. Obviously, this episode is talking about episode four. But we're going to go back a little bit. It's a segment we've done for many, many episodes. It's time Almost for... Almost since the beginning. Yeah. Almost. I think we maybe, did maybe something. Maybe one episode, maybe? Right. We... Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, anyways. Like I said, it's time for this week's Doctor News. Well, I've got some news for you, dudes. So yes, this week on Doctor News, as you know, we haven't done this in forever. There's a lot of things out there. We're not going to talk about some of it because a lot of it has to do with Rosa. We're going to save that for right, the next right, episode. Right. But going in, there are some really cool, interesting things out there right now. You know, Big Finish doing their audiobooks and all mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. They have a they call the Eighth of March, which is it launches on International Women's Day of 2019. And you're kind of like, well, what is that? And well, it's a box set, basically entailing all the strong female characters in all of Doctor Who that they can get today. Writers, producers, directors, actors, you know, and they come together to put together this box set. And I think that's pretty cool, you know, because yeah, the way, you know, the times are times are going, it's, it's about time we do stuff like that, you know, for the for the women that are the shows we love. So, and you can't go wrong with some Alex Kingston and, you know, Madame right. Bastra. You know, we you can't met go wrong with Sophie them. Aldrin. We have met Sophie, Sophie Aldrin. I think we tried to get her to interview, but she was busy. Yeah. Or she was just thought we were creepy. I don't know. We might have come across as creepy. I don't know. I think you were wearing a bathrobe at the time. <laughs> so. <laughs> Actually, I know, like, it sounds like a joke, but I think I was. I think you were wearing a doctor's bathrobe. But it was a TARDIS bathrobe, yeah. and I was wearing clothes yeah. underneath. Hey, Sophie. And it was at yeah. a convention. It I was. didn't see her at, like, Walmart wearing a bathrobe. <laughs> well, yeah, if you saw her at Walmart here, it'd be interesting. But, uh. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I mean, we had that going on. It's, it seems like every time we do a podcast, uh, another another you know classic Whovian, uh someone that or someone that has a really big impact on Doctor Who has has left us. Yeah. You know, and uh, Derek Sherwin was this this go around. For those of y'all that don't know him, uh, he was actually the creator of Unit. You know, he created Unit, and we've seen Unit how many times in Doctor Who? Well, the interesting thing about Unit is, and uh, I'm sure there's hardcore Whovians out there who know exactly what I'm talking about, and then there's uh, more casual Whovians who have no idea. Unit is actually a big part of the Who expanded universe, mm -hmm. like through audio adventures, books, everything like that. Uh, especially with the Brigadier, yeah, it's a like there's so much out there to a fan who maybe has just seen uh, New Who, really just thinks of Unit as just a supplementary thing. Yeah. Whereas a classic Whovian, there, I mean, there's you know conventions centered around just that unit. yeah there's that thing you know, so a huge impact on huge the impact yeah he wrote he was he, he was he was in Doctor Who for more than just just that you know creating unit he wrote scripts he produced this he was actually helped producing the series for the transition between you know mm -hmm. the second and the third doctor and uh, he was actually in one scene I'm not a classic Whovian I just know he was in a scene I'm not exactly sure what scene that was but as a classic person you might you might know what scene I'm talking about but, oh that's really early on and I probably couldn't it's from an episode, The Invasion. Oh yeah, that's so long ago. Yeah. So I, I I couldn't place it off the top of my head. And of course, uh, so you know, it's, it's sad to see someone else, someone go, you know. But, right. You know. I'll steal a line from. There's a po podcast I love. You should check it out. Called Hollywood Babylon. And it's host, yeah, hosted by <laughs> Ralph Garman and Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith being the uh, writer slash director yep. of Clerks. Etc. Etc. He always they do a segment on their show where when someone passes away they talk about him and then at the end he goes he says big bucket of win for them so that's what I'll say big bucket of win so they had a good run they eight, did yeah eight years yeah that's, eight years that's a huge run and of course you got you know the, the episode we're about to talk about you know arachnids in the UK uh, it's overnight viewing figures which was actually pretty decent, decent. For, I mean you got to remember the show moved to a Sunday. You right. know, it's no longer on Saturdays. It's moved to a Sunday. It was watched by 6.43 million viewers. So it had a share of almost 30% of the total TV audience for that night. So that's not, that's not bad, actually, for a Sunday, to me anyways. Of course, you have their, uh, for those over there in the UK listening, Strictly Come Dancing. I guess that's like that version it's of... huge over there, Yeah, right? Dancing with the Stars, which was, I guess, leads into the next little bit of news. They actually had two people on there do it. I think it was a tango. Sorry, Dancing People. But it was, uh, or Foxtrot, might right. have been Foxtrot, but to the to a to a to the Doctor Who theme 
kind of. Right. And it one was, was dressed like, as a Cyberman. And one was dressed as Thirteenth Doctor, kind of right. in a way. And I thought it was really interesting. I watched the whole thing. I mean, well, I like cameos of Doctor Who and anything. Yeah. So I, I thought that was really neat. My, I'm not much my, of a dancing guy, though. Well, my college minor is in theater, so to me, it was interesting to see. So. <laughs> not, a, not much of a dancing guy. Yeah. Are you sure? I've seen you dance, man. <laughs> so, but and then there's uh, some, you know, some other little facts going on that I'm. I guess we can put this in Doctor News, and we, it'll kind of lead us segue out into uh, the episode, but. You know, this viewers are branding this episode like the scariest ever. Really? It didn't, didn't, didn't that just trip a wire like for you? For me, it's no. Like, hands down, no. I would say no. Absolutely no. Um, I think it plays on certain phobia, though. Well, yeah, well, arachnophobia, that's a huge thing. You uh, know? Th this is something I was going to talk about later on. before, uh, And I guess we can use this as the transition to go ahead and start talking about... The, you know, the, episode. The, the episode itself. So we'll go ahead and say, here we are. Spoiler alert. This yeah. is our review of episode our, yeah. four of series 11. Right in the UK. I would say, one, this episode definitely plays on that general phobia of spiders, which a oh, yeah. lot of people have. Obviously, like I said, they there's a lot of people with those the, that fear of spiders and everything. And Doctor Who has you know, always done things like that where they've always... Like, played on certain people's fears. Like remember things. the episode Listen? Yeah. It was the playing on the fear of the dark. Yeah, the dark and, you know, something's under the bed. That kind of you thing. You know, that type of thing. You know, but Spiders is interesting because I think everyone has some sort, not, maybe not everyone, a majority of people have some sort of fear of arachnids. Oh, it's, maybe not to the extent, like me, I don't want to go anywhere near them. Right. Don't get them near, but some people can be like, oh, I don't like them, but I can pick them up and put them outside, you know, or whatever. Right. You know, me, I'm like, give them the heck away from me. I'm not afraid of spiders, but I am in that camp. Like, it's not, if I see one, it doesn't make me jump or anything. It just makes me like. You're kind of like, there's a spider right there. Like, I take yeah. my eye off of it, where is it going to go? Well, it, especially because <laughs> I'm not an expert on spiders. So you never know when one's poisonous, when it's not. Yeah, it's true, yeah. I mean. And they actually even played about that in the episode. They did. Cause, I mean, we can use that as kind of getting into because there's one aspect of the fear of spiders I want to get to, but I want to wait until we get to that part of okay. the episode. The central plot, I guess, of the whole episode is the Doctor lands the companions back in uh, Sheffield, where they're all from. And it's the typical, okay, we had our adventures, I guess y'all are going to leave me and I'm going to be on my own again right. type of thing. But we see this kind of in a different way than I guess maybe in a way that we've seen before I think the difference with this scene with this doctor versus let's say Tenet or another version is that the other version of the doctor again I guess I'll just use Tenet he would have just been like alright and he I think he would have done it more unobviously that he wanted them to stay no he, and he has I think right in a way like with Donna when she didn't stay the first time Right, he was just like, oh, okay. Okay, cool, and then left, and then he was sad, and... Right, by himself. By himself. This version of the Doctor is very strongly hinting... I don't want to leave yet. Like, Yaz goes, you want to come in for tea? And she's like, oh, oh tea, Yaz's, totally, yeah, yeah, let's totally. go. Are we all going for tea at Yaz's? Like, you know, type totally. of stuff. Totally, yeah, she's super happy about yeah. it. I've never had tea at Yaz's. Yeah. It's interesting, I'm trying to disconnect myself from how the last season of Doctor Who ended and that's what well what I mean is the way this doctor acts and the way that the elements of the story are playing out it doesn't seem to make much sense to me and in that I mean remember the episode the Christmas special you know mm -hmm. twice uh, twice upon a time yep that the doctor I mean basically almost died yeah like not that happens a lot but i mean like almost died where he was gonna give up on himself and he had no one left and nothing around him and he was just about ready to give up and at the last second said you know what why not just give it one more go yeah i mean he didn't say that obviously but it's something to that effect and then we get this doctor who doesn't seem to be carrying on that sentiment at all like she's we'll get into how i i 
felt about the doctor in this episode, but I, I do feel like in a general sense, she she's completely left that. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, and of course, later on, episodes down the road, we'll have an overall review of Jody's first season mm-hmm. as a doctor, but and we'll we'll get into huge detail because it's still early. I mean, we're you know we're about we're getting about half to the halfway point. Right, but um, to move the plot along, because I want to mm-hmm. do this yeah. this talk in a, a different way than we normally do, we get the doctor meets Yaz's family. Um, the Yaz's mom works in a hotel. Or she starting works. to work at a hotel. Uh, Graham splits off, don't forget that. Right. To go see his home, you know, where him and right. Nan were together, Grace. Right, and we'll talk about Graham yeah. in a so second. Just, that's where he's at right at that moment. And plot moves along. There's a obvious, I don't want to say villain, but a a not good guy. Yeah. like It was almost like a play on Donald Trump in a way. Well, I mean, they bring up Trump in the episode. Right, they even but... bring him up, but yeah, it's that's obviously what he is. He's a, a businessman turned politician, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then we find they meet this other character who I can't place her name now for the life of me. Are you talking about the uh, the mother? No, no, that Nadia was her name. Nadia. Which one are you talking about? The scientist. Oh, yeah, I don't remember her name either. Uh, I don't remember we, name. we just watched the episode. And they recorded me. immediately. So, but, it's, but it, we meet. The, yeah, you know the scientist that t- talks about uh, the doctor. The spider specialist. The doctor, Caesar says everything is everything okay. That's when the doctor goes in, meets has his family, all that sort of stuff, and then comes back out. The lady's still there. It's like, what's going on? My yeah, friend, my spider webs yeah. everywhere. Well, she notices the one spider web, and then her friends like, or that friend, but the uh, scientist is like, my friend was didn't come to. I haven't seen her in a couple days colleague at work or whatever Mm -hmm. and um you know the doctor's kind of like looks through the thing and goes talk tries to talk into it see if someone's going to come out and open the door and then i actually thought this part was pretty interesting uh the doctor just didn't want to break and enter so the doctor was asking he was like you're 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 worried about her right like give me permission to break into this home like it's obvious that she wanted to just go ahead and do it but but she wanted permission to do it yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah. and uh, i didn't know if maybe that was because uh, well, no, Yaz wasn't there, so I was going to say maybe it's because Yaz was a police officer. And so, so she was trying right, to, like, right. do it by the rules or whatever. Yeah, then we go into the house, and I'll let you, I'll let you take it from there. So they they find out that there's a problem with the spiders. They're like, what the heck's going on? And they find a big spider. And, mm-hmm. like, and then that's when the scientist character kind of reveals that, actually, this wasn't happenstance. She this works for this company. Before. She's, right, she's a spider specialist. <laughs> Plot moves a little forward. We get Graham finds another spider in his place. They find out the spiders all over the place, and the spiders have a central location based on the webs they've done. And yeah, the doctor the, like draws on the map and goes, "Where is this like center spot at?" And this is where the two plots intertwine. Now is this hotel that Yaz's mother is working at, and where this. Uh, guy Jack Robertson, I think was his name. Uh, the yeah, Trump right. Yeah, the the and his character. Like, can I, can I talk about that just for a second? Like, I just so at the beginning of the episode, I, I have to be honest. It's I thought he was gonna be like an alien or like a villain or something because the way he was acting, you know, kind of weird and kind of like, who are you? Who am I? Where am I? Type of thing. You well, know? I got it the idea pretty much immediately that he was like a famous person because of the way that. Yaz's mother, Nadia, reacted to him. Mm-hmm. But... But you see what I'm saying? Like, he was just kind of... I don't know. There was something He was out of place, so that's for off. sure. Like, he, he threw me off the whole episode. But I think that was... Maybe that was intentional. I don't know. Maybe. I... I just feel like if you were to take him out of the whole episode, or maybe just at that one point where they introduce him, and the girl was talking to him, because it kind of leads us up to that point. You know, the, the two intersect. The lady comes in... Or the, lady, the girl's there. I remember her name was there and telling him like something's not right or we shouldn't do this it's unsafe type of thing and he's like no you know whatever you fix it you know type of thing but i think if you were to after that take him out i don't think it was needed i think he it was a completely useless character in the episode what did he do oh well actually i take that back he did one he did one thing towards the end that i guess was right a plot mover what i think doctor who in series 11 is doing 
And this is something that we'll expand upon mm-hmm. in our episode about Rosa, is that the show is trying really hard to be topical. That it's trying to... Trying to hit, like, some... Shine a light on things. Some Maybe some Poli- modern political views. I don't want to say political views. I, I would agree Issues. Let's, let's just views. say issues. Modern issues. Right. And uh, so that's what I think. I, I really do think the character was just kind of like a Trump playoff. And also, you got to remember that this is a British show. Well, yeah. That's and true. he was an American character. That's and true. And he was like a, a over... Stereotype over exaggeration of the American businessman, uh, of an American business politician. Yeah. Okay. So plot goes along. We find out, you know, they they get to the hotel. The doctor finds out that dealing uh, with the Jack Robertson character, Big Spider attacks him. He loses. He basically sacrifices his Kevin. Kevin, his henchman, and he's. I, I like how he's like. I lost my Kevin. Like he doesn't say I lost. It's like he lost a an tool. employee. Yeah, I lost my Kevin. I need my phone. You right, know, he lost type his, of thing. He lost a a tool. What he am I gonna do person. without my Kevin? Right. You know. Yeah, and the you know they go they end up trapping a spider. They go they find out how the spiders were created was that this company put hotels on top of coal mines and the coal mines were full of trash well just that one uh, hotel i think that it, basically they take land that countries or city or whatever doesn't want or needs to be like renovated mm-hmm. and they build a hotel on top of it this one just so happened to be a coal, coal mine. mine that they then filled with trash chemical trash from this research facility right and then that <laughs> these spiders were part of the the scientists disposal things they were disposing mm, carcasses, carcasses and, and stuff and we essentially get like i said this while we were watching <laughs> yeah. the episode it was like we a get reverse, reverse spider-man movie. yeah it was it was instead of a man interacting with a radioactive spider, spider and becoming it, spider-man it was a spider interacting with radioactive human things like chemicals and, waste and stuff and, and, and trash beco- and becoming a, a Mutant spider, right? Spider. <laughs> so as soon as they figure it out, they in just a it's Doctor Who, but in like a crazy ridiculous fashion, they play music from Ryan's phone, which is like a it's like it's it's I guess hip hop. Well, it's rap. rap yeah, yeah, rap. But it's, but it's from their the area. So um, I thought that was interesting, and uh, you know we were talking about in the last episode the score for Doctor Who and how it's completely different than Very what different. we've seen before. And this was another point. So they use, the epi- that music was being used in two different ways in the episode. It was being utilized as a, basically a plot point where it was being used to lure the spiders in. Right. But then it was also like the music for that particular scene and action series right then. Right, right, right. So it, was just, it wasn't just a random song. It wasn't just a random song. It was being utilized for that motion. And we have uh, two episodes now where they play modern music. Yeah, well, that's the second time. Yeah, they played modern music in, in the episode. And uh, that's different for Very me. Very different. different. Different for me. Because I'm used to, during the scary moments or the climax, climactic moments, having still that Doctor Who-esque right. sound. And when I hear something like Kesha or something, then I'm like, what? <laughs> so... We get all the little spiders mm-hmm. trapped in a panic room. The doctor, they approach the mother, and we, we as an audience, think this is going to be like a big showdown between yeah. the doctor and a big giant spider, and they're going to try to hurt it out with chemicals and stuff. Well, that was the plan to repel it and stuff like that. And, and then, then the they, scientist discovers right that the the spider is dying because it's suffocating because it's got too big it, the room that it's in it can't escape from and it's too much it's too big for the amount of oxygen in the room yeah then the jack robertson character comes in you know after some dialogue shoots it yeah he, he you know we kind of skipped that moment he got the gun because they find out later in the coal mines this is where this is where they go to figure out that it's filled with trash is they find corpses 
mm. and web of people throughout the episode. Kevin, the uh, girl that gave him the news that they it's not safe early in the episode, and uh, Kevin drops the gun. He had a gun, like a deagle or something like that, drops it, uh, and then, yeah, the guy picks it up and puts it in his pocket, which is obvious that it's going to be used later on. Well, yeah. He picks it up and puts it in his pocket. Riding 101. Yeah, riding 101. Uh, foreshadowing. But, and then, yeah, we get to that moment. He shoots it. The doctor's like, no, you know, don't do how, that. And then he does, and how could you? Yeah. Or he's dying anyway, yada, yada. And he's then, like, mercy kill. And then, again, it's just another kind of, like, playing on that Trump-esque character. Yeah, it's like, it's, oh, like, this it's all is, business. And this is what's going to get me in the White House. And yeah, yada, yada. and walks away. And that's just kind of where that whole done story just just kind of dropped yeah like that really is the last scene where we we see the spiders or anything or anything to do with that entire moment right really we don't see him again he walks off into the sunset i guess and unless he comes back unless he comes back later on but then we get back to just the uh companions kind of doing their own thing in in a way and they've all, like, decided mentally themselves that... And this was, to me, Yaz's strongest episode, because it was very centric around her and her family. Right. Mm-hmm. So, in the past episodes, we've said it, she has been dull. Nothing about her has been interesting. Right. And this gave her kind of, like, a little bit more, I guess, because her it was her family that was dealing with everything. Her mom, and you got to meet her sister, and her dad, and all that sort of stuff. And then when she's leaving to go to the store to pick up whatever, you know, what was it, like bread or something like that? I can't remember what it was. But it goes to the store and picks bread, something up. Yeah. She's like, she's like, you come when you come back, her mom's like, when you come back, you're going to tell me the truth on how you know the doctor. And she's like, yeah, when I come back. Obviously. And then she does the whole look over her shoulder, smiles at her family. Right, And right. then leaves. Right. You know? And it's kind basically of, telegraphing. I'm not coming back. The only character we didn't really see a in this episode a I'm going to travel with the doctor moment. I think was Ryan. Yeah, I I, I feel like okay, so because that he did. Ha- oh, we yeah, he had a dad thing. Right. The letter. Maybe that was his moment. Well, we'll we'll get yeah, to that. I, so I'm trying to think. I wanted to, to think obviously the episode ends. The doc, the companions all for their own reasons decide. They're going to stick with the doctor, yeah. and then the doctor asks them if they're sure, and they all agree, and oh, sure, to the sure. next adventure. So, that's the way the story ends. I wanted to break down some of the characters in the episode yeah, and how good. we feel so far. We already talked about the Jack Robertson character. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about the doctor, obviously, the lead of the show. So far, we've got four episodes with the doctor. Mm-hmm. We see, we've seen the character kind of be fleshed out a little bit more. What do you... What do you think about her performance in this episode? I still think she's doing a great job as the Doctor, mm-hmm. you know, and I know we had a little debate on that before, but I think she's doing a great job as the Doctor, but quippy is definitely the word yeah. that we found. That's perfect. Quippy, quippy is mm-hmm. the word to describe her type of Doctor. It, it, I can't think of anything else. Like, now when I think of her, it's, it's quippy. Immediately is the word that comes to mind. And it's in her dialogue. That's where you get it. It's in her dialogue. I should get it a flat. I've never had a flat before. I should get a couch, like a purple couch. You know, I should have a like couch. Like having uh, dialogues with herself. <clears throat> yeah. Like, and then the other thing I found that she does is she does like a statement and then, mm-hmm. which it, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Let me explain. She'll say something and then add something kind of at the end. So it'll be like I'm trying to think of the example I had from this episode where. She was talking, man, it was it was not the couch. They were walking into the bottom part of the hotel, and she asked something, and then she was like, no, that's not a good idea. It's not important. And it, she does that. Oh, yeah, they were talking about something completely off topic. Right. And she and, was like, ah, you know what, never mind, that's not important. She, she does that where she should be like, I'll, I'll use for an example, is um, well, you and I are in a situation and a guy comes with a gun and he's wearing a purple shirt and I just out of nowhere go like, man, a purple shirt would look really good on me. Oh, wait, we're, we're in the middle of something. I should probably not be talking about this. Yeah, let's, let's, let's get back to what's on hand. Yeah, and it's, I think it works. I think it works for this doctor. I, I felt like I liked 
the Doctor much more in this episode than I have in other episodes. I feel like it's finally kind of... And we got to keep in mind, too, I know you don't think this way, but this is how I think when I watch Doctor Who. This is her first season and her fourth episode. Right. Okay. Not fleshed out yet. Not fleshed out. It took my favorite Doctor almost a season and a half, basically, to get it to get it down pat what kind of Doctor 12 was, really. Right. You know? Because the 12th and 8th, season 8, is not the same in 9 and 10. No, it's a little different. So, it takes a minute, you know? I think that's true, but obviously it's not going to stop me from judging it. No, of course. I'm still, like I said, you know, not quite there with her yet. Mm. I think that there there is a disconnect, like, with this Doctor with other versions. And I think, I don't know if it has something to do with the newness. I, I, I don't really know. I do think that Jodie Whittaker's performance as well. Like she's doing a great job, mm-hmm. but there's 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 something missing for me, and I can't really pinpoint it yet. I got you. No, that's fine, cause that's that's fine. I mean, we, we uh, you know let's not beat the doctor to death. Uh, we got other characters so to talk about. So the, then you, we brought up Yaz. Yaz, I her best episode thus far. Um, I know it's really centric around her, mm-hmm. but I think that they needed that episode centric around her. Right. With this many companions, it's a, it's hard, you know, mm-hmm. to to make them all interesting, right? You know, you don't because you don't want to have three companions and then have one no one cares about, mm-hmm. or one that people are just like, yeah, whatever, you know. But the sense I got with her in this episode was she's, I guess, just tired of being at home. She loves her family, but she's kind of like at the end of the episode, she's like, yeah, but you're when she tells the doctor, you're one of the most interesting people, you know, basically I've ever met. You know, amazing person I've ever met. You know, uh, can we talk about the whole uh, how her mom thought maybe they were together? Yeah, yeah. And the doctor were together. Well, that's something I was gonna bring up to you. Uh, is do you think that they'll turn Yaz into like falling for the doctor? Cause we don't know her sexuality. If you would have asked me this question before this series started, I would have said no, absolutely not. But you think it's a possibility? Yes. Uh, I think... Do I think it's a strong possibility? No. No. I would say it's possible, not But did they leave it open? They left it open for maybe that. They kind of give you that little quid quid bit there, and then the doctor goes, I don't know, are we? But I think that's... Obviously, that's just the doctor. The quippiness of the doctor. That's just the doctor being the doctor. But it's interesting if you think about it. I do think that was one of the doctor's funnier moments in the episode. And that's something I think we need to... What the show needs to keep about the Doctor is the Doctor's funny and clever and and has self-referential lines mm-hmm. about himself or herself when all this crazy this danger is going on. going on. So, Yaz, the, for this episode, yeah, I think she did get fleshed out more. We got to meet her family. We got to understand her motivations. The, as far as the potential love thing because i do think there could do a yaz ryan thing i don't know it's, yeah they, te- they've teased that a little bit it, it could have just been a, a, a line drop it's just like i said for this show now i i don't feel like any of that stuff is off limits anymore well no i, I mean nothing i don't as a as a writer producer director nothing should really be off limits if it works if you can make it work right why have it off limits you know but if you can't make it work properly Certain things can ruin. I don't want it things. to be forced. Yeah, exactly. And the way they, the way that if the characters develop naturally into that, right? I don't that's see fine. it. I don't see it now. But yeah, don't don't force already it. have series twelve written to where that's going to happen, right? And right. force it to go that way, right? Yeah, don't do that. So then we can talk about Ryan a little bit. There's not much to say except we were talking about him. This was less of a Ryan episode. I think the past couple have been well the first one was certainly definitely ryan but even even rosa which we'll talk about later had more of a ryan-esque feel to it to i me. would say that was equally you know, ryan and ryan yes. and yes it could, yeah but it's we'll talk about all that when we talk about rosa but yeah the thing with ryan in this episode is that you know we we don't really see a whole lot of him in terms of he's in the episode but not really a I mean, whole gets, lot going on he gets parts he like, gets parts but his i think his plot line in this episode could be missed if you're not paying attention because he gets this letter 
from just kind of out of the way. Just Graham just kind of hands him a letter and goes, here you go. It looks like it's from your dad or something. Right. And he's like, I'm not going to read it. You don't see anything of it for a remember, while. Because if you remember in the first episode, his dad didn't attend the funeral. Yeah. And he was making references to that, obviously mm. building for something later on. Yeah. So we get this letter. We don't know what it says. Later on, you see him reading said letter. Graham kind of looks up at him and gives him a smile because they're trying to do something. But when Graham sees him reading the letter, he kind of just leaves it, leaves it be. And then the next time we hear anything about it is kind of towards the end when he says the letter's from my dad. He says he's sorry for not being around. You know, he wants us to reconnect and be with his... I can go move in with him and live with proper family. And then he's talking to Graham and Graham's like, oh, okay. Because, you know, there's been that disconnect there where Ryan hasn't accepted Graham as his grandfather. Right. You know, but I think in this moment... I think this is where Ryan starts to transition to that. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm starting to recognize the, Graham as family. The, the the stone's turning. Yes, because he goes, I don't like the way he mentioned that proper family. And kind of scoffs it. Right. You know. There we're definitely, you know, they're, they're showing a little bit more of a connection there. Between the two characters, so. And talking about Graham, this, there was a little, a little bit of the Graham side story in it. I this think there's also, well, we're going to talk about it, because I'm going to let you say your piece about Graham. There's something I want to bring up, that I think there's more to Graham in this episode than we think. Okay, well, I'll, what I saw, obviously, Graham, having just lost his wife, mm -hmm. he's still mourning. They've been doing all this adventure stuff, he hasn't even really had time to slow down and even think about it. And that was kind of his arc, not arc, I don't, I don't need to use the word arc there, I guess plot there. And, you know, he does the things where he sees visions of her mm -hmm. and she's talking to him. Obvious that he misses her, you know, he, he, She's on his mind constantly. Or he's on his... No, I said it right first time. Yeah. She's on his mind constantly. And he... Obviously, that became his motivation for going with the doctor. Was is that his house is just full of memories. And that being what, what with the doctor... What is he Grief needs time. Right. And... Being with the doctor helps, mm -hmm. which that makes yeah. total sense. I mean, if we all have a, a something horrible happen to us, we would rather sit still and and keep it on our mind, or constantly be doing other things. Typically, if something happens, you you go out and try to do other things, keep your mind off of it, right? Until you said time comes where you naturally move on. I so far this series, Graham has been. I've said this before. He's, he's my favorite. He's the most. Uh, I don't know if dynamics the right word, but he's the best of the companions so far by far yeah it's not even close it's not even close yeah it's not even close leaps and bounds if he if it was just him and and the doctor i think this series would right. still be just, just i think it would be the same like i don't know about the same but i do uh, agree with you that i really enjoy the older non-scientific yeah non he was a bus driver he's like He's, he's just a guy. He's a, totally a fish out of water. Yeah. Where, like, just in the way he acts with everything, you know, like, the, with the spiders, and then when he sees the Jack Robertson character, he's, he's like, he's like, like oh, holy crap, you're famous. Yeah, it's like, you're that bloke. Yeah. You and know? Uh, I, I really enjoy Graham, and then obviously you have the under element of the emotional, the emotional state that he's in. It really adds to it. I, I, I'm really excited to see how mm -hmm. we go forward with Graham. So there's, and I'm like, this is still talking about Graham, but there's a rumor circulating out there that one of the companions is going to get killed off or something by the end of the, this first series. Mm -hmm. Okay. and That doesn't surprise me. I honestly, right now, like after watching that episode and with the the way he seen, he's seeing visions of grace and he's can't come to terms with losing her you know we know he used to have a cancer background you know he almost lost his life with that you know kind of had this retribution and found the love of his life and then was taken away from her or whatever that i think they're gonna i, I don't know if they're gonna uh, my mind is telling me that he's gonna be he's if, if that does happen it's gonna be him my mind says that it'll all accumulate with ryan accepting him as a grandfather but then shortly after, maybe him doing, maybe it's at the same time. Maybe it's it's simultaneously where he like sacrifices himself for Ryan or something, does something heroic that ends up costing him his life. But then Ryan's 
kind of like that's when he fully switches the gear you know and he's like no and that's when he calls him like grandpa for the first time and the last time you're thinking like a writer sean <laughs> so you're thinking like a writer that's just that would i think hit everyone's heartstrings yeah if they do it right yeah if they do it right i could totally see that happening yeah so I thought, that, I thought that was interesting when I was watching this episode. I was kind of like, okay, all right, cool. Because I was thinking about that rumor that I heard. You know, at first I just kind of throw rumors off. But, right. you know, after seeing maybe a certain episode, sometimes you're like, oh, maybe, you know. And then sometimes we're completely wrong. Uh, <laughs> like the whole Danny Pink thing back in the day where we thought he was going to be a companion. And we were uh, all wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> yeah, we thought that. But I anyway. saw a post on Facebook recently, off topic, but someone was trying to petition the actor who played Danny Pink to be the doctor and i was like yeah he's too hard pass he's too not that he's a bad actor no, he's just, it's just too he, you can't do that vital of a character and recast him you know what yeah. i mean like obviously they did that with peter capaldi but he was in one episode pretty Ooh. minor role minor role and also quite a few years back and they made that they even ended up making that part of yeah. The story. But that was yeah, yeah, retroactive. Yeah, yeah. Retroactive into it. They, with Colin Baker, when he was recast, it was obvious that he was in a role where that people wouldn't have remembered him, which most people didn't. Same thing with uh, Karen Gillan. She was yeah, in Unless makeup. you're paying attention, you never know it's her. You would never know. So, But, yeah, Danny, they gave him a integral part right. of that series. Right, right. So, yeah, that <laughs> like, never happened. I, I, I do have a couple more things I want yeah. to talk about. Uh, we did talk about the score a little bit. I just would like to, just for the record, it's still bad. I still don't like it. I still don't like the score. I still don't like the opening. Now, for anyone listening, I, I was looking online, and I, I think I told you this prior to the right. podcast today, that people were saying that there's like a small silhouette of the Doctor's face. I didn't see it. In the opening, and I've watched it over and over and over and unless I blink at the same moment every time, I haven't seen it. Right. So if y'all know where it is, send me a screenshot yeah, of it. Yeah, please. Because let us know. I have yet to see it. Yeah. And that yeah. was one of our points. Points before. was like, why take that away? I think that's pretty neat. So there's something that I would say that this season series of Doctor Who has been much darker. Wouldn't you agree? Like, in a in a way, in a different way than series eight was, in a different well sense of dark. That was dark in the sense that it was, like, dark based on how the the doctor yes, himself exactly. Was That's acting. what I'm saying. Different sense of dark. This one, yes, we're we we're seeing character deaths. A lot of death. A lot of character deaths. A lot of death. You know, but I think still, I I still one thing this series is lacking to me and uh this may be something we do now as at the end of the podcast is we kind of do a we talk about the episode we do kind of overall what we think now of this series so far as a whole kind mm. of as we go progress and it's still lacking a villain to me like if we're going to do season arcs i guess we have this right. the, the stetson or whatever but i don't stenza whatever the heck teeth monster it but and then some random dude from, right. from the rosa episode still lacking something like i'm not as invested in this series of doctor who yet that i have been with series past right because i think at it there was a lot of there was a lot of this in classic who there was certainly a, a great deal of this in new who in that there was a weave mm -hmm. sewn throughout each episode with this, it's not really that way, except just with our characters, I guess. Yeah, because if there's if the, if we're supposed to have a series a series arc villain or something, the two villains we've seen, we haven't seen. Yeah, they're we seen, really we lacking in the villain department. They're really lacking in the. I, okay, this episode for me had some really serious pacing issues. Because. I would say the first half of this episode, I really actually enjoyed because I was I was actually all right. Uh, we it, finally have something here. Yeah, and and that one, isn't that interesting? It kind of it kind of started off kind of building up like I'm used to like old 
Eccleson days, tenant days. You're building up to whatever this is in the episode, and then it hits the episode. And then we just find out, and then it's over. And then it's over. But which is weird to me because the episodes are longer. Mm -hmm. I feel like we should and be able to get doesn't it that feel done. Doesn't it feel shorter? Yeah. Like they they feel longer, but they seem shorter. Like there's just I don't know. They're, I think they're still okay. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna play. I'm going to play, uh, not really devil's advocate, but I'm going to play what I think. And what I hope is that everyone involved with Doctor Who right now is learning it all new. Because from it's scratch. From scratch. New new writers, new producers, new directors, new time links, new cameras, new scores, new actors. Everything's new. So to change everything and make it flow perfectly in four episodes might be impossible. You know, and they might need a series. You know, I mean, but it's, I always go back to season eight or series eight because that's the, like the perfect example of that for me is that series eight was bad. They were figuring out new writing. They tried a new writing style. It didn't work. And then they fixed it in nine and 10. Right. But I don't, I, as a, as a viewer, I, I don't, I understand that yeah. on the outside, but as a viewer, it's like, man, we're going to just. A whole season of Doctor Who is just a waste. It's just them them just taking shots in the dark and hoping one lands. Yeah, but it's like I don't know if it's shots in the dark. So there's I'm gonna I'm gonna go completely off Doctor Who for a second to try to prove a point. There's shows out there that people say, like, let's use Parks and Rec as an example. Right. Plug. Parks and Rec as an example where they say you have to make it through the first two seasons before the characters really figure out who they are and the show starts to take off. So just because we love this show so much, we have to we we can't say that to people about other things and not think the same for the sh this show that we're talking about. You know, this is all new people; they're still figuring out who they are, and not just the actors, everyone. Well, one of the things I think that is why these episodes feel so weird, and that maybe they're lacking in the the villain slash emotional stake department mm -hmm. is because they're spending a lot of time on developing these new characters. I can see that. Like they're spending, a, like they're really driving it home to, you know, to make all four of them important, in important and interesting. And that Which was is... one of the things that I was afraid of and other people were afraid of is, is that with so many, with the three companions, with the new doctor, everything's new, 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 new that we aren't going to get compelling stories because they're going to be too focused on character development. Yeah, and I mean, that may be why maybe one of them leaves at the end of the first one. You know, maybe one of them realizes what they want to be or they, they've gotten what they need and they're not necessarily in it anymore. Maybe right. Yaz realizes, she finally realizes what she needs to do to get the stuff she needs to be a cop, right? And becomes whatever in the police department. Right. Ryan does something else. Graham dies or whoever. Something happens. You know, and then we only left with two. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, it's still way... It's all speculation, you know. But uh, I kind of... I, I agree with you, though. It's... There's something missing in this series so far that just hasn't gotten me as hooked as past series have. Right, because the obviously one they're not doing two parters anymore, and there, if there is a underlying season arc or something like that, I, it's it's missing on me. Obviously, they talked a little bit about the Stenza again. They talked a little bit about the Doctor being the timeless child or something. I don't know, but they're not spending enough time on on, on that for me to even care. Yeah, and we're only we're we only have. I mean, we're only halfway through. Basically, is there eight episodes or ten? I think there's ten, but I'm saying we're about to be on about, episode yeah. five. But I think it's not. Is it nine with the Christmas special, or is it ten with the Christmas? I think it's nine with the Christmas special, or is it ten with the Christmas special? We'll I can't remember. Yeah, we're back to you on that one. We didn't research that beforehand. If we did, we don't remember. But we did. I <laughs> yeah, we talked about it before. But our minds on on this episode, and it's just, I don't know. I don't want anyone to think that we don't enjoy this series of Doctor Who. I still enjoy it. Because it's Doctor Who, it's my favorite show. I'm gonna enjoy it no matter what's on the screen. But I, as people that talk about it and do a podcast for it, I, and we want to give you our honest opinions, 
if you have a vite opposite opinion, tell us. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Like we want to no see. Like I, I would love to talk to someone that has the complete opposite views about yeah. this whole series. Yeah, I think I think that would be really interesting to hear. Because I do know that there are people out there who are really enjoying this season. And yeah. to, more power to you. I think it's really great. It's just my opinion. At this moment in time, it could mm -hmm. obviously change. Is A, the they're spending too much time on the characters. Not enough time on the, the stakes story. and the, and the story stakes, that's yeah. in, are involved. Uh, the series so far is really lacking in the villain department. I think that... That... The plot for each episode really seems to just, like, plateau and drop off at some point. Like, it, it doesn't even... This one was really a, the perfect example of we get... We get all this action with these spiders and running through the doorways and all these spiders chasing you, and then it's over. Like, it really, like, if it were a... Like, if you were doing a graph... Of this episode, it would it would reach a peak like a roller coaster. Instead of gradually going down, it would be a ninety a, degree a drop angle off. down. There's no falling action or anything like that. You know, there's no re falling action to resolution. It goes climax to resolution. Well, I would the the resolution boy sure is well, lacking. Well, even the resolution is at the end of the episode. They all decide to join the doctor. Oh That's no. the resolution. But I'm talking about just the resolution of the actual that, plot. That, yeah, the actual plot. There there really isn't any. It's like okay, the big spider's dead. Like, cause what the I would, what I would have expected to see happen, and I was thinking about this in the episode. I'm glad I remembered it. Is I was when someone does something like that, like shoots a spider. Right. I would expect the doctor to go, "You shouldn't have done that." Blah 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 blah, and give them a reason why, in terms of their their consequences for it. Like right. he goes, "That's what's going to put me in the White House," and then she makes sure that he doesn't end up in the White House with like. Uh, Harriet Jones. Mm -hmm. She blew up those aliens in Tenet's era, mm -hmm. and he brings her down because that was her consequences for doing that. Right, or even like something simple, like okay, he shoots the big spider. How could you do this? She was dying anyway. Yada yada, and then I don't know. The all of a sudden it explodes and a bunch of tiny little spiders, and it makes the plot really think. Oh God, we're all gonna get eaten by little tiny spiders. And the doctor does a thing, and then. Sonic screwdriver something, yeah, and then they all get caught, and then she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna materialize them with my TARDIS and take them to a planet where they can live out happily ever after." Something, you know, but that's just me thinking off the top of my head. I know, head. but me too. Like with the guy, I'm not even a you writer. Know? You yeah. know what I mean? But the, the fact that they just went, okay, like I just oh, I he just, shot the spider, walked away, and now we're in Yaz's room. Like, like I literally imagine them. I got a notepad in front of me. Yeah, <laughs> that they're right. That they okay. So then. The Jack Robertson character shoots the big spider. Doctor gets mad. Doctor gets mad. He talks. Guys, to we have ten minutes left. They're like, "How can we fit ten minutes?" Wait, 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 where do we go from here? Uh, okay, where's the other spiders? Well, we trapped them in the panic room. Oh yeah, we did that. Um, here, give them another line. Give the scientists a line there saying that they just suffocate and they'll die on their own. Oh, okay. All right. All right, and then let's just, let's just go to the TARDIS. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. yeah. We, uh, we, we got time. Yeah, yeah, get out of this. All right, and y'all may hate that whole segment that we just did yeah, there, yeah, yeah. but... But that's how it's, that's, it just feels just, like... When it, I watch Doctor Who, I, I want to see happiness, sadness, stuff like that, And but I want to see if a villain does something that he, the Doctor's like, you shouldn't have done that. There's consequences. There's consequences, and right. he had zero. Yeah, yeah. He shot that spider, right. he still owns the hotel, and he's still going to run for president in 2020. Right. I mean, as far as we know. Obviously, but, uh, they could do something later I know, later but I'm on, saying, but... where are the consequences? Right, right. Where are the consequences for filling that landfill with the produce for the research company? Mm -hmm. Where are the consequences for the research company? Where, like... Uh, I would say <laughs> another thing is, and they've done, with every episode they've done this, and I think it is intentional. Not that Doctor Who always does this, but there's definitely no element of what... The first episode had the the cliffhanger was, oh, they're in space, and they're, you know, you're like, oh, crap, they're just in open space. Yeah. Every episode after that has not ended in a way that makes you go, oh, God, I gotta see the next episode. Yeah, this one was kind of more of, we're a happy family. She says fam. I was, yeah. I was excited. She said yeah. fam. Well, oh, and that's, I, we'll just talking about the Doctor real quick again. The, quir the, the quippiness of it is, she's like, I call people dude now. 
I, I, I like thought that. that was funny. I yeah. mean, come on. I do. So. I don't. I don't hate this Doctor. No, I. Okay, so, but like I said, you and I view Doctor Who in two completely different ways, and the way we view it is two two is separate. To me, I'm able to just take her mm. individually out of all of it mm. and look at just her. And I find her great. I think she's great as the Doctor. I love this Doctor for who the Doctor is, the quippiness and all that sort of stuff. But then when you put her together with these companions so far, other than Graham, I think so, I think so far the other two companions kind of bring her down. She would be way more interesting, I think, if she just had one companion with her. I agree and don't agree with you, but we'll, we've, we've talked Yeah, we've talked ground. about that. Yeah, we talked down to the ground. So... Verdict, start, uh, let's say you've got five Jelly Babies, zero to five Jelly Babies, what would you rate this episode? I would give this one a three, three and a half Jelly Babies. 3.5 Jelly Babies? Yeah, 3.5 Jelly Babies. I would give it... And that's the highest of the ones we've talked about so far. Right, of episodes one, two, and four. One, two, and four. We'll talk about episode three later. Uh, I would give it... I would give it a... Th- I would give it three Jelly Babies. Okay. Also the highest of of the episodes we've talked about so far. Talking about, I would say episode one and would probably get a two Jelly Babies for me, and then episode two would get two point five Jelly Babies for me. I think episode one would get two point five for me. I did enjoy that first episode. I didn't like the villain, but yeah. I did enjoy the first episode. The second episode. I don't know. Actually, I maybe I'm, I think I'm gonna go. With, I think I'm gonna go with two point five again. Okay. Two point five, two point five, and three point five. Yeah. What I got. So yeah, didn't hate it. No, didn't best love one it. so far. There's just certain things that we expected that we we're didn't still see. working the kinks. Still out. working the kinks out, and we know they are too. Overall, not a bad episode. We're getting there, I think. Right. I think we're on the right track. So I'm definitely excited for episode five. Uh, talking about GBS, the podcast itself. We uh, obviously skipped episode three. We talked about this beginning episode. We will sometime in the future. Uh, we're not going to uh, give you an exact date. We are going to do a long-form episode of talking about Rosa. We are going to have a big, big discussion about this episode. It's yeah, going to be... It's, it's going to be long, so that's why we haven't had it yet. You know, I don't know if we'll have it ready by next week. Right. We might not, but it's because that episode apparently has hit some people in certain ways and we want to capture right. every view that we can right it. and they're going to be we we're, we're looking at potential guests to talk in yes. this episode we're going to have different opinions different things so look out for that talking one more time about gbs we've done things in the past we've segmented the show I'm excited about this though. We've introduced a new segment. I know you show. are, you know, but it's to it's to show how lack their knowledge I am of before the new Who. Right. <laughs> so here we are. We're gonna do what we call the classic clip of the week. So if you're on YouTube right now, if you can find it on your phone, app, tablet, refrigerator, whatever. I think, I think fridges could do YouTube now. I guarantee you, there's a fridge out there that can do YouTube. The doctor has one. <laughs> it also does Twitter. You can go to YouTube and look up the video. It's called The Three Doctors Unite. It's uh, from the Five Doctors special. It's a short little clip. It's about four minutes. So we're going to play the audio for you, uh, for it right now, let you hear it, and then we're going to talk about it. my dear fellow. What kept you? What kept me? Of all the confounded arrogance. Never mind, never mind. You can tell me later. Come and take a look at this. What is it? Tegan. Sarah. Hmm. Fascinating. What's happened to the little fellow? 
the little fellow is perfectly all right, thank you very much. <clears throat> of course I'm here. You don't imagine anything you two can do would stump me, do you? Let's have a look. What's this? Brigadier. Good heavens. <laughs> it's Miss Smith, isn't it? Miss Trevanka. Don't ask me how we got here. It was like a cross between Guy Fawkes and Halloween. Lethbridge Stewart. Oh, my dear fella. How very nice to see you again. Great heavens, you as well. <laughs> well. I can't exactly say it's nice to be here. Do you know I was well, enjoying... You excuse me, old chap. We have a very important inscription to translate, and I think they'll get it all wrong without me. Typical. Absolutely typical. Oh, I know, I know. Drag you through time and space without so much as a by your leave, then leave you out when things get interesting. My version isn't any better. Well, which one's yours? So, that's what it's all about. I never dreamed. It changes nothing. Absolutely nothing. We lure the force field, get the young fellow back from Gallifrey, and all go home. This doesn't concern us. It mustn't. What does the inscription say? Yes, I'd quite like to know as well. Yes, we've all been through a great deal to get here. You? Tell them. It's Old High Gallifreyan, the ancient language of the Time Lords. Not many people understand it these days. Fortunately, I do. It's all very interesting, I'm sure, doctors, but what does it say? That this is the tomb of Rassilon? where Rassilon lies in eternal sleep. It also says that anyone who's got this far has passed a number of dangers and shown great courage and determination. <clears throat> what does this bit mean? To lose is to win, and he who wins shall lose. I know what it says. What does it mean? It also promises that whoever takes the ring from Rassilon's hand and puts it on shall get the reward he seeks. What reward? Immortality. But live forever, never die. That is what the word means, young man. But that's impossible. Apparently not. It seems Rassilon possesses it now and is willing to share it with whoever takes the ring. Thank you, gentlemen. That is exactly what I needed to know. I came here to help you. A little unwillingly, but I came. My services were scorned, my help refused. Now I shall help myself to immortality. Out of the question! You're hardly a suitable candidate. For anything. <laughs> the decision is scarcely yours. Killing you once was never enough for me, Doctor. How... how gratifying to do it three times over! Nice to see you again! <laughs> so there it was. There's the classic clip of the week. Man, it's so weird for me to see classic Who stuff. And I, I know that's weird because, you know, I am a huge Doctor Who fan and I, I have done what I needed to do to get myself caught up on what I need to know, basically, of Doctor Who and the classic Who and stuff. But when it comes to, like, certain episodes and like things that have happened in them i am you know i'm so far out of it right. and i keep it that way do i want to go back and watch classic who will i one day absolutely I'll, I'll see them i'll see them all but the dynamic of this podcast is i think we have it great is that you've seen it all mm. and i've seen new who all in a few episodes. Exists. yeah and i've seen new who and up in a few episodes of classic like some of the big ones right but which I do think we'll do that again at one point. We did the, the talk about City of Death, mm -hmm. and then you, you'd never seen it before. I, I think I, I really enjoyed that episode. If there's episodes of Doctor Who, Classic Who, that you want us to watch and talk about, please send it, hit us up on the Facebook and everything. But talking about this clip in particular, the this is obviously from the Five Doctor special. Yeah, which I know about. It's because that's where Tom Baker wasn't in it. Right. They had to like use clips and right. obviously there was a different person playing the first doctor right you know but yeah i, I know a little bit about it yeah it was interesting because they, they, they this was the second time they had done a special like this so but the original one had are you talking about the other one with it was the, three doctors and, but hartnell was in it he was actually just in, in the background-esque right because he was still sick he was like well, on he was bed, basically yeah he was dying and what they did was they obviously had already sold the episode as it was going to have the three original yeah, doctors yeah, yeah. in it and uh william hartnell was you know bedridden basically so they just kind of shoehorned him in by having him appear on a monitor and just drop a few lines of dialogue and that would be it so the episode mostly comprised of the second and third doctor i got you well, getting so, back to this one. Well, in this clip, we obviously see the, the doctors 
interact with the, each other. We only get uh, Doctors 1, 2, and 3. They're talking about the Ring of Rassilon. Yeah. And we see some old companions come back, which is pretty cool. Oh, I got, I got, I think I got this. I got, I think I got at least two of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sarah Jane. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the Brigadier. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I have the other one. No. We just no! watched it. I know. Who's the other one? It's Tegan. No, oh, I knew it. So it's a first Doctor companion slash uh, second Doctor companion, kind of. We get a long-running character in the Brigadier, and yeah. then the third, fourth, and then obviously we all know Sarah Jane. Obviously. Everybody knows Sarah Jane. So then we get a little. They talk to each other. It's it's weird. What I what I always I've talked about this in Doctor Who um, before. You know, like about how the show really gets the idea of past incarnations opposite. And what I mean is, and it really... Oh, yeah, should... oh, you're talking about... Let me see if I got... Let me see if I got this. Yeah, yeah, what am I trying to talk about? Yeah, let's see if I got this. Where, so you got the first Doctor Who's... The youngest, technically, is the youngest. The, the most inexperienced. The most inexperienced Doctor. And then you have the second, and then you have the third. The third, at this moment, being the most experienced and the oldest version of, version of himself. Right. You know? But it plays through, like, they're all talking to the first Doctor as if he's the eldest. Right. Like, like, like they all, like, he's the boss. Right, right. But he's the youngest Yeah. It's, yeah. It, like, if they're Time Lords, obviously <laughs> the way they look has nothing to do with their age. But even the first Doctor in that clip drops a line saying, like, we got to help the young fellow. I know you didn't know what they were talking about, but they're, they're working together because at that moment in time, the fifth Doctor is captured... And they have to save him. So, but they're, again, that version of the Doctor would be, to them, would the be... The oldest. Right. Their senior. Just to, just, just to put it in context, if, imagine... If Jodie Whittaker was in that room right then, she would be the oldest of all of them. Right. They should be smarter than all of them. Has lived all their lives. Right. Knows everything they know and Plus more. Plus some. And more. And, <laughs> I, and what I just liken it to is just imagine you're in a room... And all of a sudden, a past your twelve-year-old version comes in and starts it. bossing you around. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. yeah. No, you would, it would not. No, happen. not at all. I'd be like, "Who are you?" Yeah. <laughs> like you don't know nothing, kid. Yeah. And uh, you're right, though. That's it is interesting uh, but, when you think about it that way. So that was a classic clip. We're gonna try to do more clips like this in the future for the show. If you have any clips in mind, like I said, you can always hit us up. Ways to hit us up. Obviously, you can check out the podcast on. Oh, we get to do this now. Yeah. Did we do this last time? Yeah. You can uh, <laughs> hit us up on uh, the Facebook page. That's uh, facebook.com/gbspodcast. We also are available for email and everything like that on omnifringeradio.com. Big exciting news! You can go to anchor.fm/doctorwho. Yes, we have that. And it will lead you directly to ways that you can listen to the GBS podcast. We have that yes. URL. Yes, that is us. That's anchor.fm slash Doctor Who. There are tons of ways you can listen to the show, as always. You can listen to it through the OmniFringe radio page. You can listen to it through Apple Podcasts. You can listen to it through iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it. We made it, guys. We're on it. We made it. Okay. <laughs> So that's going to do it for this week of the GBS podcast. I'm Jace. And I'm Sean. And we're hopping in our TARDISes, and we will catch you next week.